Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. We are going to win. No doubt about it. Turn off your TV. These political pundits are trying to tell you what to do. And we've been on the ground and all the political pundits are going to have egg on their face when they're done with it. Doesn't sound like the crowd is really cheering you on there, Ambassador Haley, but maybe it's just a subdued crowd. You had some big crowds. This cannot be understated. When you take a look at at the data, when you take a look at the polling in, in New Hampshire, you're just you're just absolutely crushing it. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Good to be back. The real clear politics average has uh Trump at 46 and Haley at 24, Christie at 10. DeSantis at nine and a half. DeSantis at fourth place in New Hampshire. And, of course, the question of whether or not Christie is going to get out of the race. And, and he was on with he was on with Hugh Hewitt. And he was like, so you're getting out of this race? And Chris Christie's like, what are you talking about? And he was like, are, are you going to be leaving the race? And Chris Christie's all like, I'm heading to New Hampshire, aren't I? I'm going to go speak to this crowd, aren't I? That's not the what, – what are you doing, Chris Christie? You should be running for Senate to take Bob Menendez's seat. You'd actually get support. But if you want to defeat Trump, you, wouldn't the best bet be for you to get out so the 10 and a half that you have in New Hampshire would go to Haley? Because those people are going to be Haley people. I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they're DeSantis people. The latest poll was St. Anselm, which had Trump 44 and Haley 30, Christie 12, DeSantis 6. That's, that's good for her to be able to talk about this, this upswing. It's not true everywhere, of course. When you take a look at Iowa, the latest poll, which was uh, Fox Business, had uh, Trump 52, DeSantis 18, Haley 16, which is a little bit of a change because um, uh, Haley had been building up and in the last couple of polls have been doing pretty well against uh ron desantis but one wonders whether or not the slavery comment remember she was asked about the civil war and she she didn't say slavery what was the cause of the civil war and she she was asked about it and she 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 didn't answer slavery what was the cause of the united states civil war Well, don't come with an easy question or anything. I mean, I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run, the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. That's the wrong answer. And as I have discussed, Nikki Haley freezes. And she did there. She freezes. Because she's trying to figure out how to answer the question for us as opposed to answering the question and then letting us make a decision. It's very politician. And it's, it's very problematic as, as I see it. It is with this in mind, and as, as I've discussed, this freezing, that when you go to the debate that is taking place on January 10th and you realize that the debate is between DeSantis and Haley only. Trump won't be there. No, no, no. He's going to counter-program with a town hall on Fox with Brett Baer and Martha McCallum. 
Vivek Ramaswamy not on the debate stage. He's like, blank you, CNN. I'm going to go counter-program. I'm going to go. I think he's doing TimCast. He's doing it with Tim Pool. Which I don't know. I don't. I don't know if if I mean Tim's popular. I just don't know if he's as popular as he 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 used to be. I I'm not sure. Go go get him. Do 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 Timcast. Fine by me. So you are left with in this debate DeSantis and and Haley. Now, couple of things to note here. Uh, uh, first, Trump's going to get an audience. That much is true. But. The people watching the DeSantis-Haley debate, it's not New Hampshire people. This is all for Iowa. That the ratings might be higher for Trump on Fox will be meaningless to whether or not DeSantis and Haley are actually engaged in a conversation that makes people make a decision. Remember who your who your who your audience is. Uh, I think that this this debate is an unbelievable opportunity uh, for DeSantis, who has proven himself to be better at the debate things. And I think it's an unbelievable danger for Nikki Haley. Now you say to me, Tony, it's Nikki Haley who has been fantastic in the debates. Nikki Haley is fantastic in the debates when she's calling Vivek Ramaswamy a jerk. And when he is being so over the top that she almost looks sympathetic. DeSantis is a different conversation. A much different conversation. DeSantis needs Iowa because he isn't going to get New Hampshire. He needs some level of catapult to South Carolina. And he needs to be able to show, look, look what I can do against Trump. Look how they counted me out. It's said, remember, he's been counted out. And I've discussed this, and I cannot believe the people who want to tell me, oh, he's run a fine campaign. The people saying he's run a bad campaign are just Trump supporters. You're being silly. Stop talking with your mouth and your face and your whatnot. It's been a bad campaign, folks. The Never Back Down uh, team, uh, the Super PAC, $200 million. Where the hell did it go? You canceled $2.5 million worth of ad spend a month before the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire primary. Things are not good, kitten. They're not good. By the way, DeSantis stands in third place in South Carolina at 11.2%. Haley is at 19.6%. Now, the latest poll is Trafalgar. That was from early December. Had Trump 49, Haley 23, DeSantis 14. And certainly showed an up for uh, Haley and for DeSantis. And this is, of course, now uh, having to deal with the fact that Tim Scott got out of the, the, the race there. Remember, the senator from South Carolina. DeSantis wants this debate with, with Haley more than oxygen to give himself a chance to show some distance, to, to make some distance and to get some some last-minute people to say, you know what, I'm going to caucus for him. He, he may have that weirdo smile. He may be a wooden dude, but, man, I just need policy and I just want to be left alone and he doesn't have a personality and I don't care. 
And I know I'm talking about me, but I might be talking about some voters in Iowa. I think it's a great opportunity for for DeSantis. I think this is very, very rough for Nikki Haley because of this freezing thing. And if DeSantis's team was smart, they wouldn't have seven, but they'd have two well-placed moments of answer this question, Nikki, boom, and watch her freeze. Because she freezes. The other side of this can be seen as the expectation games. A game. Politics is all expectations. Does somebody exceed the expectation or do they underperform the expectation? So if you set the expectation that Nikki Haley is going to get her butt kicked in a debate and she doesn't, she exceeds expectations and that creates a massive amount of momentum. That creates opportunity. So there is an opportunity in this. But let's go back to something I said earlier and make sure that my, my, my thesis is accurate. This debate is for the people of Iowa, even if Trump gets more viewers. I want to say that I'm still holding to that. I believe that holds true. That it, 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 is, it is clear to me that Trump appearing on Fox doesn't move the needle for people who are undecided. They're, 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 they're not. They don't know if they're going to do DeSantis. They don't know if they're going to do Haley. They don't know uh, how it's going to play out. But they may have made the decision that they're not going to do Trump. And Trump doing his own town hall, I don't think stops them from viewing uh, a a debate between Haley and, and DeSantis because you have a chance for real fireworks. You have a chance to get real answers. You have less uh, uh, um, hostility, if you will, from, from Ramaswamy. You don't have Chris Christie's uh, singular answers on Trump, which he doesn't even give enough of. You have an opportunity there, and I think it's actually a little bit exciting for people to the extent that neither, either DeSantis or, or Haley could be exciting. I'm going to stick with what I just said. I don't think the counter-programming from Fox on Trump will do enough to keep people from watching this debate in Iowa. Now, are they going to be watching in New Hampshire? I don't know. South Carolina? Maybe. Maybe. If I'm Trump on Fox, all I'm doing is trying to remind people that I'm there which is weird because he's ahead by massive numbers. People know that he's there. As a matter of fact, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an odd play because it, how is every question not going to be, well, why won't you admit you did this? Well, why won't you admit you did that? Well, why won't you admit you did the other? Well, what about this? It, 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 you're indicted here, indicted there, indicted this, indicted your mother, indicted... In, and I, I'm not quite sure where the win is for him. For Vivek to do something, well, that makes total sense. Go counter-program and, and, and best of luck. But if I'm taking a look at these three things as my options, I'm watching the debate. Iowa is interesting in that the numbers state quite clearly 
that this is Trump's to lose. And I don't yet have a reason why I would think that he would lose it. As I've argued, the conversation here is whether polling translates to actual people showing up to a caucus and wading through it. Because a caucus is not easy. You get there and 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 uh, you're you're uh, what what's what's the word I'm looking for? You're you're you're, you're standing there. You're, you're moving around. You're trying to convince people uh, to vote for your guy, and, and and you have a vote, and then you have another round, and you reduce the number of of candidates people are supporting, and eventually you get to uh, to a winner. I don't deny the numbers Trump puts up. I have questioned from the beginning whether or not his people actually turn out for the ground game actually showing up for the caucuses. From the people that I have spoken to, there is reason to believe that his people will be there. And from people I have spoken to, I have heard the opposite. I don't have a good feel as to whether or not his people show up. I want to be clear that is, I am not saying that they won't. I'm saying I don't know. It's exactly why I, I have over the past months, I'm waiting. You want me to believe the numbers? Show me Iowa. Because if you show me Iowa, then I'll believe New Hampshire, and then I'll believe South Carolina. These primary states, it's a lot easier to believe. You go in and you go click. You go in and you and, and, and you make your vote, and then you, you go out, you go out for ice cream. I don't know what you do. You're done. Caulk is an all-day affair. It's very, very different. DeSantis needs this debate to pull. If I take a look at the last Fox Business poll in Iowa, Trump 52, DeSantis 18, Haley 16. And you take a look at the, at the average, Trump 51, DeSantis 18, almost 19, and uh, Haley 16. He would need, he, he would need to pull some separation. Remember, the Ramaswamy voter isn't voting for DeSantis or Haley. The Ramaswamy voter is voting for Trump. The Christie voter is going to vote for Haley. And did you know that Asa Hutchinson is still in this race? That's a true story. Still in this race. Shocking but true. DeSantis needs the debate to be able to grab some of those Haley voters if he can actually really do that much better and she actually does freeze up. So again, this debate for DeSantis matters quite, quite a bit. While I think Haley has got the bigger problem, we shouldn't deny the pressure that Ron DeSantis may be under or puts upon himself to having a good moment. We are days away from the caucus and I'm still in the same place. Show me. Once you show me, all right, I've been shown, that's the ball game. Trump takes it by, what, what is he ahead by, 34 points? He ta- at 32, 34 points, he takes it by 30 points, it's game over. He takes it by 17 points, it's also uh, game over. But Trump doesn't win anything from this uh, Fox town hall. He doesn't. He, he, he just doesn't. There's nothing to win. There's only ways to get hurt. I, I wouldn't advise that he does it. I wouldn't have done it. Vivek has nothing to lose by doing Tim Cast. And DeSantis has to show a very solid second to get himself 
to South Carolina, and Haley just has to show in order to get to New Hampshire where she would need the win. Oh, we should get into that. So that's with the debates. That's with the town halls. That's with the specials. Uh, uh, You decide your viewing habits. I don't get to decide for you. This is Tony Katz today. My support of the Second Amendment goes without question. The Second Amendment remains, and so it should. The right to keep and bear arms, the right to protect and defend oneself remains. And because sometimes horrible things happen or people do horrible things is not a reason for any American to lose their rights. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything. At TonyCats.com, that's where it is. It's not a reason. And I'm not going to be a guy who sits idly by while people say someone did something awful. We have to prevent them from having their rights. That's absolutely not what we have to do. Let me give you an example of my Second Amendment support. And now, another Second Amendment success story. You don't say you're sorry when you shoot someone. On Tony Catch Today. The story over at WIBC.com. There was a homeowner. And a man was trying to break into his home. The suspect and the homeowner ended up in a shooting match. Meaning the suspect, the guy who broke into the home, shot at the homeowner, the guy who owns the house. The homeowner, because he was armed, shot back. The suspect was killed. Now, a Second Amendment success story does not have to involve anybody dying, and I would rather nobody died. I also would rather nobody tried to break into this guy's house. The homeowner was detained at the scene, but the uh, Indianapolis, so the Marion County Prosecutor's Office, declined to file charges. In the world of the gun grabber, they would rather that the homeowner were a victim. The homeowner gets to have their home and gets to be alive because they were armed. To the gun grabber, they would feel better It would somehow be better if indeed the homeowner was killed. That's exactly what they're saying. It's exactly what the gun grabber means. What else could they possibly mean? So the success here is that this homeowner utilized their Second Amendment rights, was prepared. I only hope they were trained and they just didn't get lucky. I mean, you'll take what you can get, but get trained. Buy guns, buy ammo, get trained. And then... They were able to protect themselves. How could anybody be opposed to this? How could any rational person be opposed to self-protection? It boggles the mind. But they're out there. And they need to be fought. Because what they want to do is take away your right to go home alive or stay home alive. Just one of the many reasons that I always support the Second Amendment. And you should too. 
This is Tony Katz today. said it once we've said it many times we will not stop the border is the biggest story in america all things that we discuss when it comes to economics when it comes to safety these things are border conversations and as we're seeing people being moved across the country because the people coming in are not coming to texas they're coming to america and you've got mayors like eric adams in new york just apoplectic mayors like brandon johnson in chicago absolutely apoplectic that they're getting all these people the mayor of new york says we won't accept buses sign some executive orders so governor greg abbott is sending people to jersey city right next to a uh, a subway line where they can get to new york tony katz Tony Katz today, good to be with you. The problem is you don't have enough people going to the border to see the problem, and certainly that's the case of the administration. Speaker Mike Johnson went to the border, brought a Codell, and brought with him Erin Houchin, congresswoman from the 9th District of Indiana. She joins us right now uh, in San Antonio, uh, spent time at the border over the last uh, 36 hours. Talk to me, uh, congresswoman, about where you were at and what uh, the purpose of this visit was. Hey, thanks, Tony. Thanks for shining a light on this issue. We're going to keep doing that, you know, no matter how many visits to the border it takes. Um, we visited a processing center in Eagle Pass, spoke to Border Patrol agents there, heard some things that were just shocking, quite frankly, about who's being let into the country. Somebody can show up at the processing center and just give a name and get an ID and a alien registration number and be sent on their way. Uh, people on the terror watch list are showing up voluntarily to these processing centers. We suspect probably to gain intelligence on how the process works and where those loopholes are. Um, you know, we hear these mayors talking about um, all the migrant buses that are being shipped from Texas to their states. But Texas, according to Border Patrol agents that we spoke to, has only sent 20 percent of those to those areas. People are coming into the country. They're reporting to NGOs. Uh, those NGOs and the Biden administration are sending people where they want to go and they want to go to sanctuary cities. So if those cities don't want to have the migrants, then maybe they should reconsider being sanctuary cities. Uh, we were there, 60 of us standing on the bank in Eagle Pass while 20 or so military aged, young, single adult males crossed the river and went through the barbed wire to be processed. Those people will be in the interior of the United States within a couple of weeks. It's shocking. It's catastrophic. It has to stop. You bring up something that we discuss here, and, and I always get the feeling that when I discuss it, people think that somehow I'm engaged in some level of a front. Why, why does this matter? The ideal of single adult able-bodied males, that being an issue that we let them into the country. You brought it up specifically right there. Give your reasons. Well, we don't know what their intentions are. Um, we've been told by Border Patrol agents that these uh, individuals that are trafficked into the United States, and they are trafficked here by the cartels, they are um, on the um, under the watch uh, and control of the cartels uh, for 8 to 13 years until they can buy their freedom. Now, those are people in America, and some of them are engaged in human trafficking. Some are engaged in drug trafficking. We know this. Uh, but they're in America basically as, as slaves and to the cartels. Uh, the only people benefiting from the open border are the Mexican drug cartels. They're, they're profiting $32 million a week in just the Del Rio sector. 
Uh, it's costing American taxpayers at one of the processing centers we visited, according to Border Patrol agents, $25 million a month. Um, it's unsustainable. Um, Secretary Mayorkas has failed in his responsibility. The main mission of the uh, Department of Homeland Security is to protect the United States from our greatest threats. Yet we're letting millions of people, 8 million under the Biden administration, a million more people than the entire state of Indiana into the United States without really any vetting whatsoever. Talking to Congresswoman Erin Houchin of the 9th District of Indiana, you can find her, Houchin, H-O-U-C-H-I-N, houchin.house.gov. You bring up Secretary Mayorkas, who will not answer the question as to whether or not there will be an end to catch and and release uh there are a series of policy conversations that have to be had you had congressman jim jordan who i think was with you on the codell saying that we need to return to the policies that work in your estimation congresswoman what are the policies that work and why well when my first visit tony and i spoke to you after that that was like a little over a year ago um you know the border patrol agents were asking for trump era policies but these aren't unique to Trump. I mean, these were um, some of these were dated back to Democrat presidents. It's, it's a Biden problem. It's a Mayorkas problem. So ending catch and release um, in reinstalling the remain in Mexico um, uh, proposal. And then in asylum seekers, they're supposed to stay in the next safest country that they have stopped in on their way you know, to the asylum, not traverse all the way to the United States. And so there are many policies that are in HR2 uh, that we passed seven months ago that the bill is sitting in the Senate. Uh, Senate Democrats are in control. The president could call for it to be called up and passed, and we would we would be able to solve this problem quickly uh, by restoring those policies. No more money for processing um, illegal migrants uh, until the border is secure. They closed the border recently they closed ports of entry, uh, yet some of my colleagues showed me video in Arizona of people just walking across the border at the closed port of entry. So the border is wide open. Uh, border Patrol agents are basically processing migrants and not you know, able to act in the security of the United States. That's why Mayorkas, the impeachment is moving forward. Uh, something's got to give, and the American people deserve to have a secure southern border. They do not have it under the Biden administration. When you were on the show talking about the border uh, a while ago, you said something that I, I, I took issue with, and, and I still do. But after visiting the border, it's easier to understand what it is you were referring to. You were discussing the fact that we don't have the technology at the border that is necessary. And I said, I said on this show, wait a second, Congresswoman, that is absolutely not true. Of course we have the technology. The issue is that we're not willing to pay for the technology. And our our needs at the border aren't all people needs. They are indeed aggressive technology needs to help us better allocate the people. In the past year, as you've been discussing this, has there been any move in Congress about getting Border Patrol the technology they need in order to do their job properly? Absolutely, Tony. It's in HR, too. Um, it just the Senate will not do it and the president will not do it. Uh, it is within his capabilities to uh, to take some of these actions. 
for instance, um, you know, I mentioned that the cartels have over 400 drones in the air and we have seven, right? They're monitoring every move of Border Patrol agents as they are in practice. That's why they move migrants in large groups. So Border Patrol has to respond and then they can smuggle in their illicit activity. But there are balloons that had historically been on the border so that at least, you know, video of, of migrants crossing illegally outside of the ports of entry could be tracked and you'd know how many gotaways we actually had to a, to a certain degree. They used to have two of those balloons uh, in operation and in the last six months, the Biden administration has cut funding for that. So now there are no balloons in the air uh, tracking this activity uh, when they really don't just need two for the Del Rio sector alone, they need six. So we're calling on the president, calling on the Senate. We're, we're standing firm. The people of South Texas asked us while we were there. They said, uh, shut the government down. Uh, it is that important. They want us to hold the line until they get border security, until the United States is in their, the southern border is secure. Uh, it is a desperate situation. It is as bad as I, could, I, can, I can describe. And um, the Biden administration is sitting on their hands. All they're doing is gaslighting the American people, blaming House Republicans when they have the solution sitting in the Senate right now. Talking to Congresswoman Erin Houchin of the 9th District of Indiana. But it was last week where we saw the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, go to Mexico to meet with uh, AMLO, President Obrador. Uh, And it seemed very much like it was the United States begging Mexico to do something about the flow, which they're not doing anything about. As a matter of fact, it was Mexico that said, you should be more open in in your border. Is Mexico a partner or is Mexico the problem? Well, I will say this, Tony, to, to based on the conversations that I had in the last 36 hours with Border Patrol, there was a lull in activity um, since the trains were stopped. So the Mexican government and in coordination with Border Patrol and our uh, rail lines, they stopped those trains from entering uh, because they were full of migrants. Um, And so that did cause a a disruption, I guess, in activity and in flow. But in the last two weeks at the Del Rio sector, this one processing center, they were seeing 2,400 migrants a day. Um, What's interesting is that the cartels, we believe, cut off um, activity in advance of our visit uh, because the best moneymaker for the cartels is an open border, uh, southern border of the United States. And if there's a huge problem when 60 members of Congress show up to see it, uh, it's more likely that action will be readily demanded. Now, we're demanding it, but the cartels clearly know that if we saw the real problem for what it truly is, uh, there would be a tremendous um, likely bipartisan push to secure the border, and that's bad for business. You take a look at the last four Decembers. This is Bill Malugin over at Fox News reporting it. In December of 2020, it was 73,994 encounters at the southern border. In 2021, Joe Biden, 179,000. December of 2022, 252,000. In December of 2023, over 302,000 encounters. 
when the Biden administration says uh, that the border is secure, when Secretary Mayorkas speaks in front of House and Senate committees and says that the border is secure, when Corinne Jean-Pierre says the border is secure, you already referred to it as gaslighting. Does that do anything just saying that it's gaslighting? Well, I mean, we've been we've been asking for action. I think where we're going to have to end up is it is going to have to come to shove. Um, they're asking for more money, but they're asking for when they're saying Republicans aren't giving it to them. They're asking for more money for processing, processing migrants, not border security. They're asking for more money to get more people here. Uh, you know, before, Tony, I said it's either it's either deliberate or incompetent. Uh, I believe it's deliberate. I think that they truly want to have as many uh, migrants as possible. They think it's going to change elections in the future. Uh, it's terrifying. It's against, um, it, it's, it's unconstitutional. It's against, uh, you know, everything that we believe in, in terms of uh, migration to the United States. There's no security. We have no ability to vet people from most other countries. Some we have, uh, you know, agreements with where we can vet these people. But it is uh, it's really a scary situation and we're going to have to stand firm and that may come down to the funding. Why would we fund a continue to fund a broken process? Uh, More money is not the issue. It is in instituting the policies in H.R. 2. Congresswoman Erin Houchin, houchin.house.gov from the 9th District of Indiana. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Well, I'm deeply disturbed by Harvard's official statement, as well as Claudine Gay's letter of resignation and her, her op-ed piece. Nowhere does she take responsibility for the abuse, for the, um, the, the plagiarizing other people's work, and the fact that by objective standards, she has violated one of the core norms of academic integrity. That is the truth. That's uh, Dr. Carol Swain, who was, uh, her work was plagiarized. Her work was taken by the former president of Harvard, Claudine Gay. And Claudine Gay doesn't even have the decency to apologize. Instead, what you get from Claudine Gay is an op-ed in the New York Times that says the problem here is an attack on education and expertise And she made the mistake of falling into, uh, I can't make this up, made the mistake of falling into, quote, a well-laid trap before Congress. It's a trap. It's not a trap. You're okay with Jew hatred on your campus. You're also a liar and a fraud. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It can't be said enough. She's a plagiarist. She's a fraud. And she's fine with Jew hatred on her campus. But I think the bigger story, to the extent that there's a bigger story, is all of the people who are absolutely positively fine with her lies, with her deceit, with how disgusting she is. They're totally down with it. And in order to explain it well, we're gonna need a montage. montage. Ooh, it takes a montage. montage. 
You had Jesse Waters over there at at the Fox News channel. Uh, he he put this together. All those lefties saying that Claudine Gay, she didn't do anything wrong. And of course, liberal pundits are going to bat for Gay. Listen. What happened to Claudine Gay was mob pressure. There is this sort of open war on black progress, black history. Um, Claudine Gay, the president uh, of Harvard University, at least up until she resigned, um, is now the latest casualty of that. There very much is a racial uh, component. I don't think it's fair to say all of her critics were racist, but certainly a few of them were. It looks as though she was targeted. The fact that she's a black woman and the first person uh, who is a, a black American to lead Harvard uh, only added to their thirst to dethrone her. She's a fraud. Why doesn't that matter to the left? And the answer is because that's not the part that matters. What matters in the world of DEI, which is, of course, bigotry, is that she's got the right ideology. How she gets to the position is meaningless. What's important is that she has the position. The merit conversation doesn't exist. And remember, Dr. Carol Swain, who you heard from earlier, is a black woman. A black woman, Claudine Gay, stole from a black woman, Carol Swain. Why is that okay? Because it doesn't matter. Because to them, Carol Swain, who is uh, on the political right, she doesn't even count. I'm willing to bet you they don't even regard her as a woman. What matters is you have the right ideology. That right, right ideology being a Marxist ideology, you favor the destruction of the systems, and as long as we can exalt you, we will. It gets much deeper than this, as we've discussed, and we're not going to stop. Find everything at TonyKatz.com tomorrow, everyone. Take care. <laughs>